I'm Jill Rowe, and in this episode, Steve Chalk and I share a latte and get to grips with talking about the justice system. We discuss the revolution, which is Oasis Restore, a secure school enabling young people to live their best lives through education, well-being and hope, caring for children aged 12 to 18 who are on remand and sentenced to custody by the courts. We talk about the power of restoration and how hurting to heal never, ever works. And consider instead the power of asking those who have experienced trauma what happened to them, rather than jumping to what is wrong with them. And in the end, the only thing that will bring restoration to any of us is relentless love. We hope this episode brings you a fresh glimpse of the power of restoration. Hey, Steve. Good evening. Evening? Well, it is. It's the end of a long, busy day. (laughs) It is. But you, Jill, have uh, done this act of mercy, (laughs) carried it out, and and here it is, my extra hot, single shot, skinny latte. Just for you, Steve, I know exactly what you like. And I know you've had a crazy, crazy day today. It's it's, it's been a crazy week, but it's been a particularly crazy day. And it was a particularly long day yesterday. I I didn't finish my last meeting until quarter to one this morning. (laughs) That was yesterday's. (laughs) And then the first one this morning started at six o'clock. That was a difficult transition. It really was kind of like... And the, the meeting I was in last night into quarter one was like full on, yeah. Um, and then Corny I Corny must be so chuffed. <laughs> well, she's you. long since gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, it was all. It's all good. Yeah. But it's all yeah. pretty knackering, isn't it? So this coffee so, is just the right thing. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have got that for you. So, Steve, we're doing another podcast. We are indeed. It's fantastic, Amazing. isn't it? Uh, we've got loads to talk about today and I've known you for a long time and there's a very long time um every so often you say something just a really short little phrase and it really sticks with Mm. people so there's something that you've said to the Oasis staff team before which is don't react respond and Mm. like it's just this genius little insight that you have but the other day We were in a meeting and you said, you can't hurt to heal, which is a massive, like, I was like, that's just such a huge statement. You can't hurt to heal. And it really got me thinking. The reason I came to that little um, statement, what I've learned through the years, actually, is you've got to be able to boil down big philosophies and approaches into sound bites because otherwise people can't remember them and they become so technical and complex. So over these um, last four years or so, I've, well, much more than that actually, but the last four years uh, specifically, um, we in Oasis have had this opportunity of working alongside the Department for Justice, the Ministry of Justice as is known, to 
open an alternative to a youth jail. This began many years ago, back in 2010, actually, when I met the then Secretary of State for Justice. He told me what his job was, and we were talking about young people, and I simply said, I didn't think there was much justice for young (laughs) people in our country because we beat up on kids and we punish kids for the lack of opportunity and the lack of love and the lack of care and the lack of input the lack of nurture they've been uh, shown. Um, I'm sure we'll say a bit more about that. It's incredible the, the young people that we take and we punish and we lock up. And we live in this, this hope that hurting them will heal them. Locking someone in a cell for, you know, half a day, 10 hours, 12 hours, 13, 14 hours a day, punishing people does not heal them. It just does not work. People complain and say to me, but are you suggesting that we're going all soft and lovey-dovey on people? I'm not. I'm suggesting we're smart. It's another one of the things I say. Let's Mm. not get tough on crime, but let's not be soft on crime. Let's be smart about crime. Mm. And being smart leads you to the conclusion that hurting people doesn't help them or heal them. It's got to be a different way. Yeah, so... So if if young you know anybody's being locked up for example there's so much to talk about here mm. if anybody is being locked up what do you think the impact on a person is of you know you just said if they're being locked up 12 hours 40 mm. well the the impact is terrible say um well I'll tell you a story about someone I know and this happened uh, a while ago but I known this lad since he was 4 probably Anyway, he's autistic, um, seriously autistic, you know, and he's the loveliest boy. Do you know, I've spent, I know know his parents well, I've spent so much time with him over the years. But being autistic, the way it showed up in his life or shown up in his life, easily led, wants to fit in, wants to please Mm. people, feels he's different. And um, to cut a long story short, that got him into a lot of trouble. And one day he was with a, he was with his friends. One of them had a knife. One of them lashed out at someone. It was near some shops. They saw the police come in. They handed him the knife, said, hold this. He held it. They scarpered. The police arrived. He was the boy with a knife. Mm-hmm. That meant that he was put on probation. Once you're on probation, you're on that sticky, that tricky slide, aren't you? Not mm. shouldn't say it's a sticky slide. It's not sticky at all. It just you slide down, and you end up in deeper and deeper and deeper trouble. He ended up in with a custodial sentence. End up with a custodial sentence. Every young person who's taken into custody and sentenced to a time in a youth jail, a YOI, etc., mm. is likely, on average, to go on to offend four times more, and each time probably worse than the original offence. Punishing people, you can't punish struggle and trauma out of people. You need to love people and work with them and that's fair to them and it's also fair to their victims because when you say all this stuff um, people say yeah but what about the victims of their crime you've got to punish people well if we want to make our streets safer and our community safer what we've got to do is do things that make a difference to people's lives and punishing people doesn't it just makes them more hardened and why do you think we have this 
desire to see people punished. Like if someone wrongs me, I know that there's this kind of mm. this little monster that can appear inside of me, mm. which is like, oh, you know. So what what is it about us that is looking for that? Because what you're talking about is what happens at a societal level, but it happens, doesn't it? We all have... We all have moments where mm. what we seek is revenge, what mm. we seek and what we want. You know, it's not our best selves, but mm. why? You know, the experts would say it's built into our psychology. It's part of who we are as humans. Humans for the last 200,000 years have lived on the earth and we've clubbed together in little communities and it's in communities we grow and we thrive. But the community down the road, the tribe down the road... Uh, we, we learn fight or flight. Mm. And so that's also baked into us, Pro protection. And so if we feel uh, if we feel vulnerable in any sense at all, we we tend to lash out. Um, so that's that's very much part of it. And then built into being human as well is is this seeking after revenge, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a bone for a bone, a bruise for a bruise, you know, the law of the claw, as it gets called. Let the punishment fit the crime. We get our own back. It's about revenge. But it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. The hatred grows. In the end, something has to change in that personal relationship or you're going to have hostility with your next door neighbour for the next 25 years or whatever it is, or your family member, your brother, your sister. But it works corporately uh, as well. The funny thing about us in, uh, in the UK is of all the um, Western European countries, we spend more on prisons than any other Western European country. We give longer sentences than any other Western European country, but we have the worst reoffending rate. So it doesn't work. We've gone down the wrong road. Yeah. You can't help somebody by harming them. So how? What? What? Do, what? Do someone like someone like me, or just an, you know an ordinary person? What? What do you have to do to take? violence or that that seeking after revenge out of circulation because that's that's really what you're mm. talking about isn't it that to achieve restoration there's a there's a human choice which mm. is actually I'm I'm going to take vi the violent response the mm. harming response out of circulation like how how does a just an ordinary person what do you have to do to to be able to do that well, I, I'd be interested in what you think, John. But for me, it's a, it's a, it's a decision of your will, isn't mm. it? Do you know the guy climbs on the bus in front of you, and you want to sock him or you know <laughs> yeah. push back in, yeah. and you choose not to, you know, and you choose to say after you, you know, etc. So, so it's about making those choices. You know, uh, Jesus uh, said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you to love your neighbour, love your enemy. Hmm. And then he said this extraordinary thing, in doing so, you become like your heavenly father. So, uh, you know, you, you see this thing, Jesus said, love your enemy, it really pisses them off. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes them like, you know, like... But that's not what he was... That's not what Jesus was saying. He, was, he wasn't saying, love your enemy, it might change them. Yeah. It might have an impact on them. He was saying, love your enemy, 
don't return a blow for a blow because in doing so, you become like your Heavenly Father. And I don't know about you, but I find when I have to reach out to someone who I'd really not, I'd rather not, I have to confront the ugliness in myself. You Mm. know, all those tiny bits of me that I don't like, all those prejudices, all those little hatreds or whatever, the dark bits of who I am, I somehow have to clamber across them to reach out to someone else. And I'm changed by that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that choice piece is so uh, central to it, isn't it? It's, But I also think that comes as well, doesn't it, from what we, we've learned how to do that from the others around us. And that's a privilege of our upbringing yes. sometimes, isn't it? That, you know, our parents or our carers or, our, you know, whoever we find ourselves being amongst may have modelled to us to to pause, to take a breath, to not react. Mm. But when, when you're talking about Oasis Restore... Which opens at the end of this year, actually, or the beginning so of next year. Yeah. So it's a, I don't want to put you off your, your stroke there, but it's a total revolution in youth justice. For the first time in British history, um, a, a, a charity, a not-for-profit organisation, Oasis, as it happens, is has given the opportunity. The law had to be changed a year or so ago. Wasn't the last Queen's speech, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, all this kind of thing. So the law went through Parliament, which allows for this to happen, and Oasis was given the privilege in the end, after this long conversation stretching a, a, a decade yeah. <laughs> about youth justice, to um, to launch what's called the country's England's first secure school. So, in, it built on the principle of restoration, we're going to call it Oasis Restore. But I'm sorry, I've interrupted you. Yes, yeah, no, no, no. It's fun. I'm so excited about it. So, so when you say it's built on, you know, it's Oasis Restore. What is the foundational belief? that underpins that whole thing, everything that's going to happen in that in Oasis Well, well you can sum it up with a, a, a phrase which isn't, isn't mine. Um, some American uh, psychologists working with people with serious mental health issues back in the 1970s came up with this phrase by accident. They suddenly realised that the question they should be asking in their work wasn't, what's wrong with you? What have you done? It's what's happened to you. You begin with what's happened to you. Uh, to your point, well, I, I've, got, I've got some little grandchildren, uh, uh, eight of them all together, do you know? And nine of them. The tribe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, you've forgotten yeah, one. Nine of, well, eight little grandsons and mm. one little granddaughter. And the funny thing is, you see, they all go through this, um, this toddler well, in fact, you know most of them. They all go, well, you know all of them. They all go through this little um, period of life, don't they, um, where they can be as happy as happy can be one moment and the next minute they throw in themselves on the floor and life's come to an end and they're We've screaming. We've all been there. Yeah, and they're screaming all because they couldn't have a biscuit, you know. <laughs> and like, And then, then you distract them with something new and they're happy and they're smiling and this all this cycle all happens within a few minutes doesn't it yeah. swings and roundabouts uh, uh, toddler tantrums as we call it well the truth is that that happens because a, a baby is born without what 
we call the piece of the brain that sits behind your forehead. It's called the prefrontal cortex, and it's your management centre. So the way a brain, a human brain works, is you get all these senses coming in, you know, sight and sound, it's touch, etc., and they all flood into your lower brain, which is where all your emotions live. So you respond emotionally to everything around you. You see the biscuit and you can't have it and you're really upset and you've got to scream. And then you see something wonderful that you want and you smile and you're on the top of the world again. So you're controlled and driven by your emotions. A young child cannot, to use a technical term, self-regulate. They have to be regulated by their parent. I remember being on a bus some years ago now and this kid screaming. It was a number 59 going down the road and uh, and I was up uh, up on the top deck and this little teen, uh, little uh, toddler was screaming and then the mum, uh, they were sitting in the front seat of the bus and the mum uh, picked this little toddler up and held them and rocked them uh, not intentionally it's just a natural thing mm. rocked them and stroked them stroked them and soothed them and said there there mm. there and the child slowly relaxed so that's what you call being regulated externally and the truth is that as we grow, if we're loved and if we're cared for and if we're nurtured in the right way, we learn to self-regulate and we grow um, prefrontal cortex so we can make wise decisions. So mm. you want to punch someone or push in front of someone, and that's what your emotions tell you, but your, your prefrontal cortex, your forebrain as they call it, your intelligent brain says, no, don't do that, just smile. The problem is young people who've not been loved and not cared for can't self-regulate. And what we do is we take them and we punish them for the lack of love they've received. Yeah. They've done terrible things, some of them, but still it's natural responses for people who don't know how to self-regulate. So it's a really bizarre thing, isn't it, to then think that punishment is going to bring around any sense of healing or transformation <laughs> because it actually heightens the, the amygdala the, the you know yeah. the part of our brain that's fight flight or freeze yeah. it's it's just creating more stress and more anxiety and more like reaction isn't it yeah so, yeah and we see it in ourselves yeah. so cornelia my wife says to me often she says the more stressed you are the more stupid you are you know, Brilliant. That's <laughs> why I'm stupid for most of the time because I'm stressed. Your but, wife, so insightful. But it is true, isn't it? The more stressed I am, the more yeah. the more anxious I am, yeah. the more your brain fuzzes over, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen yeah, to you absolutely. or just me? Brain fog completely. Yeah. And then you can't think straight, yeah. and then you make such unwise decisions. And yeah. when you've calmed down, you think, why on earth did I do that? Yeah. Well, that is how some young people live their whole lives because yeah. they're forever caught in this hypertension and stress of yeah. never being relaxed and feeling safe. So in Oasis Restore, because this is what's really exciting, I think, and I know that, you know, for us as Oasis, that this is all built on how we understand what Jesus talked about, you know, this restorative approach to being human. What's going to be different then? Tell us, how will Oasis Restore be different to another institution? 
Well, um, we were given an old institution to turn around, and so it had cells and and steel doors and lots of bars and wings and lino on the floor and gloss paint, an institution, mm. you know, echoey, etc. So we've completely refurbished that. It's taken 18 months or so to do. So now it has bedrooms and it has windows, not bars, and it has doors that aren't made of steel and don't go bang. And our students, mm. because it's a school, it's a school with a strange admissions process because <laughs> the only way of coming to this school is if you've been sentenced by a judge yeah. for probably a violent crime. Um, or a serious crime, but um, you'll live in uh, a house, a, a student house, with six or seven other uh, young people, and you'll have a bedroom, not a cell, and the the walls will will be like the walls of somebody's lounge. You know, when you go home at night hmm. and you sit down on a, a lovely settee, a lovely sofa, and you relax because you're in. Yeah. Uh, surroundings and environment that are relaxing to you. Well, when you go into an institution with lino on the floor and gloss paint everywhere and plastic chairs, you don't relax. So the idea is to create an, an environment that's therapeutic. I learned all this, in, though I couldn't talk about it in this way. When we first set up Oasis, the first ever thing we did, I'm sure you know this story, Joel, so at first we set up this hostel yeah. um, where Oasis got its name from and these young people came to live us we, we're with us we still run that hostel it's um it's down in South London and um uh, the extraordinary thing is Cornelia my wife she'd spent ages kitting this thing out by getting artwork from old junk shops and things like that because she's very arty and then I bought this big tv for this shared lounge and we were ready to welcome all these kids in and they all started arriving you know care leavers and etc uh, etc et and uh, within weeks <laughs> within weeks they'd stripped the whole house they'd nicked Everything. They nick the kettles out their bedrooms. They nick the art off the wall. And my beautiful telly had disappeared. But more than that, these kids who we'd fought for for so long, not one of them would ever look at you, smile yeah. at you, make eye contact with you, thank you, you know. And I was, oh, I was really mad. And then I learned myself, you know, I, I, I couldn't express it any other way. I realised that if these, these young people had limbs missing... I'd, I'd compensate for that and open doors for them. But because their wounds, were, the mm. only way I could say it, were inside their heads, I, I, I disregarded it. And it was a great learning curve for me. And it took me too long and I'm not proud of it. But that's what Oasis Restores based on, understanding that principle. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I've got a tattoo on my foot. This is connected, honestly, to what you've been saying. So I've got this tattoo on my foot, and it's a Hebraic word, Teshlim, image bearer. Um, I got it deliberately because it's part of, it's connected to one of our ethos values uh, in Oasis. It seems appropriate as the ethos and formation director to have a tattoo with one of the ethos values. But the reason I had it was because 
of that, how we see people. Mm. And I just feel that this whole area of restoration is so tied up in our ability and our willingness to see another person as truly as human as we are and of equal value, equal worth. They just have a different story. And the reason I had it put on my foot is because it's like in every step you take, it's mm. it's like this constant reminder to me of every person I see and I pass and I talk to. And to me, that feels like at the heart of what you're describing, that as soon as you have that perception of someone, you're, why wouldn't you be interested in their story? Why wouldn't you ask what happened to you so that you can bring about that restoration that's, that's required? It's, I, I mean, it's, it's like, I know, because it's really hard, isn't it, to do yeah. that? It's, yeah. So it's going to take Special people to do all this stuff, Yeah, yeah, so I remember talking to somebody um, uh, in government some time ago now, and um, they asked me what our strategy was, Mm. and I said, it's love. And they said, anything else? I said, no, just love. Relentless, though. Yeah. (laughs) You know, relentless. And I know that they looked at me, and I think they probably still do think I'm barking mad, but they looked at me as though, you are so naive, but my, my point to them, I said, but I know you think that's soft, but it's not soft. It's really hard. What's soft is locking someone in a cell to rot for Absolutely. 14 hours. That's soft. Anyone can do that. It's easy peasy. Yeah. What's hard is sitting with someone and slowly earning their trust. And they're going to test you out, aren't they? They've ne- they want to prove their theory that the world hates them and mm. everyone hates them. So they're going to test you out. They're going to push you to the limits. But, of course, what we'd be doing with Oasis Restore is only what you're so used to doing, Jill, with your work with so many of the children in, mm. in all the schools we run around the country, isn't it? Mm. You're used yeah. to that. Yeah. You just have to keep going, don't you? Like, that's what, like you say, this relentless 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 love is just yeah wow it's going to be amazing which is what i think jesus meant when he said take the blow don't return it yeah do you turn the other cheek it's not some stupid way of operating it's 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 how you bring about change someone has to back down first someone has to go first someone has to give themselves into every relationship because otherwise, the toxicity kills people, doesn't it? And the truth is, these young people who come to us at Oasis Restore, but it's so true of so many of the, the young people and families we work with around the country, mm-hmm. as you know, the trauma and uh, that, that's, that they've received, you know, people talk about it in flashways today, don't they? Talk about ACEs. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, so they talk about adverse childhood experiences. But the, the truth is, it's lack of love. It's being pushed around. It's being abused. It's being sworn at. It's being told you're a nothing and a nobody. It's witnessing violence. It drills down inside you. It's toxic. And this trauma, until it's dealt with and released, will deal with you. Trauma that's not dealt with always deals with its victim. And so... So our 
task with everyone, you know, for us all, is to get that trauma out. You can't ignore it and hope it goes away. It's got to be dealt with. It's got to be surfaced. And that only happens in the context of a loving, trusted relationship. And it's really interesting that, to me, that people who criticise, actually, that love wins are very often extremely reluctant to even try and see if love wins. Agreed. And the pathway to love winning is a tough one, a hard one. But, you know, I'm fortunate, aren't I, to be old enough. I'm just old, (laughs) old enough. But I've seen over the years, you know, well, I can't... So I'll tell you a story. I was... I was in some offices in London. This is just before the lockdowns, a year or two before the lockdowns. So I'm in these offices and I was there for this big meeting. It was the executive offices and I went in, I was seeing the bosses. And as I went in, there was this woman who, who in her 40s, and as I went in, I went through, you know, this open area of desks to this executive boardroom or whatever it was and this woman who I didn't know rushed up to me and said hi Steve it's been so long and she threw her arms around me and gave me a big kiss you know and I was like who are you but I did say I said oh it's so nice to see you again you know this kind of anyway I went to the meeting and on the way out, I had to walk back past the desk. <laughs> and she rushed up to me again and she said, oh, it's so great you've been here. She said, you remember me, don't you? And I didn't, you know, I just did not remember her. So I said, oh, just remind me. She said, we used to live together. <laughs> oh, this is really weird because I didn't remember <laughs> living with her ever. She said, you remember and I said, I said, no, no, I don't. She said, you must remember me. She said, I lived in the first Oasis house, you know, that hostel that I lived there. And I said, did you? She said, yeah, a long time ago, but you must remember me. I said, why? She said, I was the one who smashed up my room and smashed the windows. <laughs> And I said to her, I definitely wouldn't remember you for that because they all did that. I'd remember you if you weren't the one. And it turned out when she was 17, she'd lived with us um, for a year and a half and we got her through a college course. And um, and now she was the head of marketing for this big company. You know, it was just an amazing thing. And she said, the thing is, you never gave up on me, even when I smashed my room up, yeah. which I found out she did more than once. <laughs> so that's it. Love does win, but it's costly. You can't hurt to heal. Thank you, Steve. It's fantastic. <laughs>